Welcome to another episode of Kiss My Mic. Our theme this month is Gay Pride and Prejudice in celebration of gay pride. And today, I am joined by Jason Lastina. Jason is the founder of Southcall Filipinos, which now has over 20,000 followers on Facebook, right? And he's also a baker, dancer, content creator, and a community leader and connector. Jason, welcome and thank you so much for being here. No, my pleasure. Thank you for putting down my whole resume. <laughs> Did I get it right? Is it now 20K, over 20K, right? Actually, we're at 21. We're fast approaching 22. So it's been a great support that we put together here in Los Angeles. But I mean, for all of Southern California. So they encompass like Ventura, Orange County, goes up to Bakersfield, San Diego. But yeah, no, it's been great to see the support that we've been getting and uh, keep our latching on. So I guess us as Filipinos, we're always looking to get connected. And I'm glad that this is a way that people can get connected. Absolutely. And I know this is a LGBTQ themed topic, but we do want to get to know you. So I'll ask you questions about the different areas that you've worked on, including Sauka Filipinos. And actually, that's going to be my follow up question is how did it get started? So SoCal Filipinos, how it got started is actually, I was part of another group and there was just an incident at the height of Black Lives Matter where I didn't agree with the views of the founder. There was a meme that was posted and it said, like, if you follow the rules, uh, the police won't bother you, which I totally disagree because I've had my own personal incidents uh, where I had to deal with the police. I mean, one incident where I was just coming out of my office and I worked on a Saturday. So nobody else was there. I had come out, set the alarm, forgot something. So I ran back in and ran back out because I didn't want to reset the alarm. And next thing I know, a police car comes up, questioned me, gave them my business card to give them proof, but it was just wasn't enough. So I mean, that was my personal incident with police. I mean, it's one of a couple, but that could be another story. And just the stance that that founder had was like, I know people in high places and, you know, it will never happen to me. It's just like, it was not something that I agreed with, especially with what was going on in the world at that moment. So I was like, you know what, if this place isn't for me, I'm going to just create my own group. I didn't really think it was going to blow up. So I want to create, and I just, you know, created SoCal Filipinos and every month, like, people latched on, you know, I invited my friends and my friends invited their friends. It just kept on growing and growing. And we're not even at a year yet. And we're already going to be probably crossing 22,000 members. So it's just crazy. But I'm happy that it's a forum that people really wanted and wanted to be a part of. No, that's amazing. I mean, the fact that it's, is it over a year or it's coming to a year pretty soon? We celebrate our year. Well, actually, when this comes out, we will have celebrated a year. So on June 18th is our one-year anniversary. That's amazing. So what do you think is the reason why people have really supported the group and they've continued the engagement? You know, I mean, I said this like early on. I think they were looking for the connection because it was born out of the pandemic. It started in June and there was no connection. We were all at home and, you know, we weren't really able to go out or do anything. Really, at first, it was just memes and people were adding on to that. Then we got our fair share of like businesses because, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of home businesses came out and they were coming in and selling their products or whatever that they were working on. And it just continued to grow. And, you know, the connections and conversations that are in, there's a lot of comedic memes that are coming through, which I think during the pandemic, people do want to laugh. And from there, we started going into programming, more meaningful programming. I mean, we started with Philippine History Month. 
in October, you know, we had a Babayin workshop, we had an intro to Tagala workshop, we had a cooking demo, and we also had the one of the council members from Daily City come in and talk about Philippine history. And people latched onto that. I mean, I was floored by how many views. I mean, there was like 14,000 views on one of them. I was like, whoa, crazy. So I think we've kind of evolved in being more of a multifaceted group where it's not just connection, comedic, food. Now we're doing program, which we're now continuing on a monthly basis. Yeah. And that's just amazing to see the transformation from how it started. And now it's really not only bringing the community together, but providing something of value, right? The discussions, the history, and was there any surprise in your mind? You know, what was the most surprising thing about it? You know, the most surprising thing, I mean, I said that before, like, is, you know, the number of people that are joining, but the recognition that we're getting, you know, people know who SoCal Filipinos is. They're starting to know who I am, which is a little crazy. I was at an event yesterday and people were like coming up to me and it's like, hey, you know, I just want to say thank you. I'm part of your group. Can I take a picture with you? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. It's just crazy to even know. And, you know, the partnerships that we're starting to make, Ji Thonji, who is a very famous actress, BJ from we partnered a lot on a lot of the program that we've had and now we're island pacific and you know other celebrities that didn't think i i need to learn a little bit more about filipino celebrities because they're starting to come in i see like dita ocampo in there you know tita now in there and christine gambito so like a lot of the social media and also like the film and comedian and all those celebrities are coming in and just like sharing the work and you know jr is it jr he's the famous singer he reached out to us and he asked us to release, not a release, but a premiere of his music video. And, you know, we're working with other organizations and companies that want us to do the same. So it's starting to become more like entertainment community. So like it just keeps on adding on, which is fine because I think to uplift the Filipino voices and bring us more to the forefront and share the work that we're doing. I mean, that's why I supported Nurse Unseen. I mean, it's an important movie and documentary that needs to be made because you know we are stereotypical like you know like people think of us as nurses but really more like deeper than that is like you know my stepmom she was a nurse but unfortunately she passed from covid so when i was talking to michelle Josue, who's the director and of course i'm more than happy to help with whatever way we can to support your film i mean we did the clubhouse talk we did the interview um yesterday actually live on facebook twitch and youtube so Find us at Filipinos. And I also attended like the fundraiser yesterday. So yeah, anything to support the community, creative, news, everything I could stand behind. That's amazing. That's awesome. And I can't wait to see the movie, The Nurse Unseen, you know, once they have it available. I did pledge as well. So I'm so happy when I heard that they've hit it and actually they've exceeded it. And, you know, you're right with the people that you're partnering with, the people that you're featuring through so-called Filipinos, you definitely have a great reach in terms of kind of the people and the content. So I guess my other question is, so you're in public arena nowadays. People recognize you. You're doing a lot in the community. You know, there's so much that happens too within social media being, I don't know if you consider yourself a content creator. I think you are definitely a content creator. You know, like you also have your TikTok, right? And you have you know, with South Filipinos, you're curating the content. Have you ever encountered people who are not there for the positive reason, like trolls, for instance, or things like that? I mean, it's funny you mentioned TikTok. I mean, I have a modest following. I mean, <laughs> it's, I think, covering, it's over 24,000. I know that for sure. But 
I haven't really encountered trolls just yet, but I know as I grow, and especially as SoCal Filipinos grow, we are going to have those people that are going to talk about us. I mean, it's inevitable, but I mean, being friends with other content creators, there's a way to deal with trolls, right? You either, one, don't give them power and not comment with them because that's really what they want. They're trying to elicit a response from you. That way they could like prove some type of point. So, I mean... I haven't really had too many of negative comments. I mean, there's one every so often, but I just brush it off. I mean, their problem is with themselves, not with me. So like easily unfollow and not look at my stuff. But if they continue to follow, I mean, there's obviously an obsession there. (laughs) Totally. I mean, that's the best way to do it. I've had my first taste of, I don't really use TikTok a lot and I've used it more recently. And there was one video that had over 20,000 views. And that was the first time I've ever had something like that. But then there was just people who were just like saying negative things and it was just so interesting. So with what you said, how you're dealing with it is really the right way to deal with it. Really, you're right. You know, so. Yeah. And then you look at like all your comments, you know, you get a ton of good comments, but isn't the one bad comment always sticks out. When you compare the two, it's like the good comments outweigh the bad. So there's no reason for you to focus on that one bad comment. You're totally right. Yep, absolutely. Focus on the positive. And that's what I like about you. You always are pushing forward towards the positive aspect of the community. We talk of Filipinos and on Clubhouse, the things that you are curating and moderating. So let me ask you about community leadership and community connection. Have you ever considered yourself a community leader before? You know, I never thought of myself as a community leader. I mean, when I was at, I went to UC Irvine. It happens to be an era of where a lot of community leaders have been born from. A lot of notable names out there. I mean, Jeremiah Abraham, Kat, Amadar, Kimi Maniquez, who is now the executive director of SIPA. I mean, we all went to college. We were all in leadership roles at Irvine. But when I left, I was really focused on my career. I work in the nonprofit space, always giving back. (laughs) So I've been doing that for over 20 years. But because of SoCal Filipinos, it's kind of pushed me into that role of becoming a community leader, supporting the issues that are affecting our community and being asked to be a part of SIPA, search to involve Filipino Americans, the largest, large, but the oldest nonprofit that's geared towards Filipino American issues. So I think it's more of something that's more recent where I'm now working with the Filipino community and serving the Filipino community. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So one follow-up question. So what do you think are the qualities of a good leader? The qualities of a good leader, passion is one, because if you're not going to enjoy the work that you're doing, there's no reason for you to be in that leadership role to serving. I mean, passion and serving. I mean, I've always been in the nonprofit space, always serving people. Obviously, it's something that I have been doing for over 20 years as a career. And now it's evolving into now my extracurricular activity. And you have a lot, right? Yeah, I do. I do. You know, it's SIPA, SoCal Filipinos, and during my day job. So those are the main ones. I think passion and just serving the people. Because I mean, I know there are instances where people are serving for the wrong reasons to uplift their name. And I'm not about that. I mean, I, if you know me, you know me, that's fine. But if you don't, I could care less. But, you know, I'm just here just for making sure that I support everything that I feel that is right for our Philippine community and to uplift our voices. Yeah. And that's really what leadership is about. It's about the people. It's about the community. So kudos to you for doing that. So 
one thing I would say, you have a lot of activities, you're busy. So tell us about the baker side of you. <laughs> All these ube cakes that you have. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. So I'm the owner of Brown Baked, which was really more of a passion hobby. You know, it was something that I just did on the side. It was something I did for fun. I started posting it, like the stuff that I make, because, you know, when I was baking chocolate chip cookies, Rice Krispie treats, then I just got had an idea. I was like, could I infuse Filipino flavors into this? And then I started doing that and I started posting and people were like, can we buy this? Can we buy this? And I really said no for a long time. Then one day I was like, let me just see if people really would buy it. And it was, I believe, around Thanksgiving. And I got so many orders. It was just crazy. I was like, and my first catering gig, I think I've shared this before. It was the great granddaughter or granddaughter, great granddaughter of the founder of Motown. Yeah, um, the Gordon. So I was friends with the grandson and his wife, actually more the wife. And she's like, you know, I love your waffles. I would love for you to like do platters for my daughter's birthday. And then really that was the very first order catering for the Gordy family. And it's blown up ever since. Yeah, that's amazing. Are you open to shipping outside of California? (laughs) I get that question so much, especially when people find out. Not just yet. We're trying to figure that out. I want to make sure that the quality and freshness is there when a customer receives it. Because I mean, that's what I pride myself on, right? And also, I know what a lot of people would love is the cheesecakes to be shipped, but having to do ice and all that. So I'm still trying to figure that out. Maybe in the next coming months or even the next year. We'll see. Yeah, and you definitely have a customer here in North Carolina because we recently ordered Ube cookies and it's from a company that's based in Southern California. I forgot the name of it, but I'll post it and then we definitely are craving. So yeah, definitely looking forward to that. All right, so Jason, I do want to switch to a topic, the core topic that we have, which is about LGBTQIA+, and really gay pride and celebration of pride this month. So I guess the first question is, how do you celebrate gay pride usually? Early on, <laughs> I did do the gay pride festivals in West Hollywood, the parades and everything. But, you know, as of recent, obviously, we don't have that happening right now. I think it's just really being a voice for the LGBTQIA community and creating workshops. I mean, that's really what I've been planning for this month. We just had one recently on Clubhouse for coming out stories. I also co-mod a alumni group on Clubhouse. So we're doing one this Thursday where we're going to be talking about what was it like being LGBTQIA at UC which is open to everybody, but focusing like on our experiences there. And then I'm planning a panel in a couple weeks with some LGBTQIA leaders here in Southern California that are Filipino. I'm really focusing on the latter of the letters, just because those are not very spoken about, because I really want to talk about the transgender community, queer, intersex. And that's really how I'm celebrating is talking about it and educating our community. Because, you know, a lot of times in the Filipino community, it's not really talked about. And I think it's also a lack of understanding of like the different letters that are in the LGBTQIA. So just bring a light to that and having these conversations and, you know, with it being Pride Month, I mean, obviously these conversations is great to start here, but we need to talk about it year round. Exactly. So it's not just in June when we celebrate month, it should be every month, every day. And obviously the normalizing the conversation and 
bring awareness to the many different aspects of the spectrum, right? Because such a diverse community, to your point, and we want to hear more about our lesbian friends, transgender, and non-conforming even. So, but with you personally, so how do you identify within the spectrum? I am the G, <laughs> the gay. <laughs> that part, that's how I identify. I mean, I've always identified that. Well, you know, I shouldn't say that. I always have identified. I kind of did the typical coming out where to my friends, like we always come out with the comfort of saying bisexual first, just because I guess kind of like eases the burden. It's like, oh, there could be a still chance of you like liking girls. But really internally, I knew I was always like gay. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting you said that because that's how I went through the process itself. But I think I was I was convinced I was I was bisexual. But you know, and then later on, really moving into the embracing the gay identity as well. But in your case, when did you first discover that you are in this spectrum? I think like the first realization was probably in high school. Just you know hanging out with friends, checking out guys. I was like, oh, he's kind of cute. <laughs> I never outwardly saying that. When I actually did come out, it wasn't really till I was in college, like till my second year. But it's not really like a big announcement. It's like people kind of was like, yeah, we're cool with it. Which was nice to like go to a university, go with friends that were accepting of you and they didn't think any of it. Apparently, my friend Elaine, who's the host of the Teeth Out podcast, do you remember how you came out to me? I was like, no. And she shared the story of like, because there's a place called Ring Road. So it's the path that we walk on to go from class to class. Because you spend a big circle. Because, yeah, you told me that you just want to come out, go in the middle of Ring Road and start dancing and just yell, I'm gay and do a dance. I was like, I don't remember saying that, but I wouldn't put it past me that I said that. <laughs> did you do it, though? No, I did not do that. <laughs> would you do it? Give it a chance. Maybe I probably would. <laughs> But I probably would want to do more like flash mob style, get a couple friends, maybe from like the LGBT center at UC Irvine and do that. Yeah. But tell me about the coming out process itself. Like you talked to your friend Elaine. Was that the first time you ever come out to somebody? I did come out to my friends first because, you know, we saw each other every day, practically. If not, we were hanging out. So I did come out to them. I did come out to my brother and sister. My sister, we did it over Korean barbecue. <laughs> My brother, it took a little bit of like, I did gave some hints and he didn't get it. He was like, I'm going out tonight. I'm going to West Hollywood. He's like, oh, I want to come. I was like, um, I think the bar that you want to go to. want to go. I was like, I'm going to the Abbey, which is one of the most famous, like world famous gay bars. And he finally got it. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't want to go. But, you know, but I mean, they were both accepting. You think that, you know, there was actually one way to do it too, right? Like add a little bit of hint. Did he get it like after you dropped that hint or do you have to have a follow-up conversation that, hey, I'm gay or something like that? No, he got it. I mean, once I said the Abbey, I mean, who didn't know who, what the Abbey was? And apparently he has gone a couple of times before I did. We just never crossed that because like, he has gay friends too. So, But like coming out to my parents, I never really officially said I'm gay. Like I'm out. It was more that I just brought my partner at the time around. And they just kind of figured things out and they accept him. They love him. So, I mean, my mom calls him my son. My dad comes around. I, so I never had to say it. They just knew. Which kind of is it, really? There's no like formal Thanksgiving announcement, starting with like silence and then you trying to pivot <laughs> to the big announcement. It, it wasn't a whole production as it, it, I probably would have 
envisioned in my head. <laughs> That's crazy. That's awesome. Two questions. One is, has anyone asked you for advice in terms of coming out? And then the second is, if somebody did ask you, what would you say? You know, in the room, I mean, we did get a couple questions about like coming out, but nobody really has personally has asked me, but their advice, I've heard comments where like, I have a cousin who's lesbian and she goes, you know, one day I want to get to where you are, where I'm comfortable in my own skin and just be who I am. And really my advice to people who are coming out, do it in your own time. I mean, don't be forced into it. You know, your own timeline internally. I mean, I know for some people it takes years late into the further years, maybe around my age for them to come out or like some kids. I mean, I feel like some kids are coming out now, but do it on your own time, but also make sure that you have the support network. And because, you know, sometimes coming out, there can be some of those negative reactions from your family members. If you have that support network, should anything happen, whether it's like getting kicked out or them sending you off, you have these people who are part of your support network that you could go to and hopefully they take you in as your parents or whoever it is deal with the news of you coming out. Absolutely. But in your experience, did you ever encounter people who are rejecting or people who have homophobia or things like that? Yeah, there were instances of like homophobia. I mean, there was one time that we were out at a bar and it was like around the whole like gay marriage election and it was Prop 8. And I remember we were just hanging out and somebody threw a light bulb at us and it landed right in front of me. All the West Hollywood is like, you know, the gay mecca, like San Francisco. There are homophobic people that do come through just to like cause trouble. It's like they have nothing else better to do. Like get a life. We're just here to like enjoy ourselves, be ourselves. That's why we come here. You don't need to invade our space and like cause trouble. That's pretty good. I mean, perspective and a good way to deal with it, to have that strength and confidence in you that you don't need that kind of nonsense, right? So... That's awesome. You mentioned about dogs. So, you know, Jason, we get personal here in this podcast. So what's your relationship status? Is there anything you can share about that or? Yeah, no, um, we've been together for over 10 years. Uh, we met in West Hollywood. There was a short time. It was kind of long distance where he was living in Palm Springs, but we saw each other almost every weekend, if not every other weekend. And then we ended up moving together. We lived in downtown LA and then now we own this house here in the valley <laughs> and we have two dogs he's originally from ohio which we visited a couple times but yeah no that's doug and he works in the retail space so in what space sorry in the retail space oh retail yeah so if he asked you to move to ohio would you <laughs> probably not well i mean obviously we look at hope we always look at like other homes in other areas and obviously with this being california it's like it's really expensive to live here. He's kind of got into the show where it's filmed in, I want to say Mississippi or Alabama. I can't remember, but I can't even remember the name. It's a great show. It's like, you could buy a house there. I was like, yeah. I don't know about that. Maybe a vacation home. But I think, you know, if I were to move, wouldn't mind like living in like DC. That's where our national headquarters are. I could live there. I do love Hawaii. I could live there. Um, but who would live there? Yeah, I don't know what other cities. I and mean, we've talked about like Austin just because, you know, that's, although Texas is a conservative state, but it, I know it's slowly changing. Austin's more of the more liberal cities. So, I mean, my, I have friends that moved there and they love it. So, I mean, that could be in consideration. I wouldn't say no to moving to a different city, just depending what city and state. If you ask me to move to Arkansas, that's like a real no. <laughs> 
No, absolutely. I hear you. Yeah. It's an important conversation to really know which one you're open to. So let me ask a little, little bit version of that question to just more some fun questions, right? So you talk about different cities where you could imagine yourself living in, but what about just in general, like favorite travel destination for vacation? I mean, we talked about, I mean, I love Hawaii. I love going there. There was a time where I was going there maybe like twice a year. But I mean, it was for work, but it was still, I loved it. I love going there, always extended days. It's not too far from where you are, which is a good thing. Yeah, it's like a five-hour flight, so it's not too bad. Well, obviously, it's all over water. <laughs> not to scare anybody who thinks about that. And my cousin now lives out there. Her husband's in the military, and he's going to be deployed, I think. So she's asking for like cousins to come and help with the kids. So... I mean, I'm more happy to go. So her son is actually my godson. Yeah, it's always a fun place to visit. So one of my favorite places in the world too. So Hawaii, so that's awesome. So let me expand on the kind of the the dating and relationship type of questions. So you've been with Doug for 10 years. I guess in the beginning, how did you navigate kind of the world of dating? If you can share how you met as well, that would be good. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just curious, you yeah. You know, we met in West Hollywood. So, I mean, I was living in West Hollywood. He was living in West Hollywood. We were a block apart. <laughs> so it was very close and very convenient. I mean, dating, I mean, what better place to be gay and like dating? And then like West Hollywood where everything's open, it's acceptable, go to the bars, the restaurants. I mean, you either go to Santa Monica Boulevard or go to Sunset. And, you know, there's we have like places like the Grove that people love. So there's always, you know, places for us to go and entertain ourselves. Palm Springs, I mean, when he lived there for a little bit, I mean, another gay mecca, which is a little bit older. I mean, because I'm always busy. So like to see each other on the weekends, we always make it work. Although I do have a story about when he first moved there and I was helping him move. We went to the Walmart, didn't think anything of it. And these two guys, kind of big, like bear guys. It's like, oh, can I put you in my cart and push you around? And I was just, I just walked away. It was funny, but I was just like, what is going on? Because I believe that was like the first time I went to Palm Springs. It was helping him move in. And that was like my experience. I was like, "Mm, let me think about this one. (laughs) Well, it was just interesting because I was going to ask about that too. We all have different experiences too, right? In terms of dating, especially being a gay Asian. But there's always this notion of how gay Asians are being perceived, right? There's fetishization. There is this stereotypes of us being subservient and quiet and all that stuff did you ever kind of experience anything like that where they have certain expectations of you because you're asian and you're gay no i've never experienced that but i've heard of that you know or i'm aware of that because i know that that's the stereotypes that we see of like asian gay men bottoms (laughs) to that they're submissive three were like tiny i mean you know, it all runs like the whole like gamut of like what it is, but I've never experienced it. Although he does joke around because being Filipino, I'm 43. He kind of jokes around because, you know, I always look younger than what my age is. And he jokes around like, you know, people probably thought I bought you like from an island. <laughs> so he's aware of those stereotypes too, but more like when he brings that up, it's more in a joking way. Yeah. And I only bring it up because I think it's great that it's so crazy to have experienced that, right? And I think there are instances where people experience that. I have seen a little bit of that when I was dating, especially in New Jersey, especially online, with comments that are derogatory towards Asians. You know, when you see profiles of men 
blatantly saying no fans, no Asians, no blacks. It's just so crazy to really cut down an entire race. And to me, I feel like it's a little bit of a racism going in there. So, well, I've heard of that. I mean, I've seen it like no fats, femmes, or Asians. And they kind of mask their racism behind these are just my preferences. So it's like to totally cut out Asians, blacks, or whatever, like ethnicity, because I hate the word race because it's not a race, it's an ethnicity. That's just, just how I feel about it. It's like you're being open to learning more about that person and like, you know, their experiences or even getting to know them. Yeah, no, but it's good. It's good to have the conversation and it's really a way to show that there's so much more to us, the diversity and personalities and things that we're doing. So Jason, the other question I would like to ask you, so from a Filipino identity, I guess, what are some of the things that you like, you know, in terms of being Filipino, the positive traits and maybe not so positive as well. So, <laughs> so what are your thoughts? Yeah. Especially in South Cal, it's such a big community. Yeah. You know, like obviously you know, with Filipinos, we're all about family. Although there is drama <laughs> within the family, that's always like inevitable. But you know, like we always try to keep like that core group. Obviously, the food. I love Filipino food. It's not every day, but I do love sinigang. I love my pancit. I love like you know everything. Karekare. I actually have some leftover Bicol Express in the fridge, so <laughs> I do love the food and like connection. You know, I talk about family, but we're always looking to connect with each other and to a certain point or to a certain extent help each other out if we can <laughs> you're talking to i mean that's the other like that's the opposite side like the one thing i hate about filipinos i mean there's the crab mentality like if you're doing well you always try to find the negative in it or like i do it better or i have a house or all stuff. and i just really hate those comparisons which is the reason why like the for the stuff that i have and that i work with i don't really post about because it's really me it's not really for me to like put out there because i know i worked hard for it gossiping is something i hate hate hate. i know it's something that is common in our community i am sure it's common in other communities but i just feel like it's more prevalent i really stay out of that as i can people like to share it with me really don't really reshare it except and maybe some close friends but something i'm going to be outwardly putting out there just because just negative and then you don't know if it's true so i feel like sometimes that also divides the community as well or even your families absolutely and i think it's important to use the platform that you have as well to be able to have a positive conversation around the topic right so that we can stop doing those things but i do want to kind of expand on that a little bit like for the crab mentality i'm also a proponent for people stopping that kind of mindset that there's a way for us to really uplift each other and it doesn't have to be a competition all the time. There's always a way for us to collaborate and really achieve our takeaways. So in your experience or in your mind, so why do you think that's still happening? I think it's ingrained in our culture, really. I mean, when you talk about like crab mentality, it really starts when we're young and our moms or titas like sharing like your accolades. I remember when my mom would bust out like all these certificates that I've received. I was like, why is she doing that? I don't need that. And then like, you know, they try to come back and like, they always try to one up each other. I mean, it's hard to even, because we're taught not to speak to our elders in a negative way. And it's a little bit more difficult. I think as we get older, we just need to have that conversation. Like, you know, you don't need to post that. You don't need to share that. No, you know, like it can have negative connotations and like, it's not a competition. We do what we need to do. We all have our own path. And what we receive in accolades or what we work for is because of your hard work and the other person's path. 
whatever they receive, that's their path. It's not the same. It's never the same. Absolutely. Yeah, because a tendency to compare ourselves or them against other people is causing all of this mindset to pull down each other. And we have our own path. You're right. I mean, just measure it against kind of your goals for yourself. It's like a lot of it also is tied to money, too. It's like you don't need to show off. Like you got a new Rolex. You don't need to show off your new Mercedes. You show off your new house. I made that decision not to even put any of that stuff out there. Yeah, that's good. I think it's one way. It's definitely a good way to avoid that kind of occurrence, that mindset to proliferate. So let me ask you some fun questions. Any favorite LGBTQ movie? Well, I do love my musicals. I mean, they're not exactly gay, but they're very gay friendly. Yeah, I mean, musicals, period, are just gay, but Chicago, I loved, Dreamgirls. I know they're not actually gay stories, but those two movies I could go to, I love Dirty Dancing. You could see a theme with me. I love anything that has music and dance. Like, those are my favorite. I do love Pitch Perfect, and it's funny because I was watching a DJ last night, and she mentioned how she loved Pitch Perfect. Me too! (laughs) Of course. Yeah, we love Anna Kendrick. So, any icons that you like? It could be gay. It could be channeling... Somebody from a musical or a singer. Well, for people that know me, they know that I have an obsession and love for Janet Jackson. I mean, as many as many other people in the dance world, they credit like their love for dance to Janet Jackson just because her music videos are so iconic. She's supportive of the LGBTQ community, but she's one person that's, you know, I love. I love everything that she does. I, I would say her. I mean, I, I always get that question, like, who would you want to have to dinner? I'm like, Jan Jackson, done. <laughs> For sure. So here's another one. Any celebrity crush? Celebrity crushes. That's always a hard one for me because I'm not really up to date on current celebrities. Like back in the day, like Patrick Swayze. Pretty dancing. This is really aging myself for the people who watched Who's the Boss, Tony Danza, especially in the scenes where he come out in his towel. <laughs> I have to look that up. Oh my God. <laughs> Uncle Jesse from Full House. So this is really making me feel old, like mentioning these people. But yeah, those were like my celebrity crushes from back in the day. Okay, one follow-up on that. How about Filipino celebrities? I don't know too many, but there was a time where I was really in love with Sam Milby. So he was one. And I just recently learned that he's dating Catriona Gray in this universe. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, interesting. And also it's funny because he's also from Ohio, which... I'm from Ohio, so. Yep. So speaking of Miss Universe, I mean, it's such a big thing for Filipinos. How do you feel about Miss Universe? I'm a big fan of pageants. I don't watch just Miss Universe. I, I mean, I watch like almost like every other ones that are on there. You know, I also love watching Binibining Filipinas. I do understand like how it can be seen as a negative connotation for women and having them parade around in bikinis. But like when you look at the deeper messages, like they're more looking more for somebody who could make, can create change and represent the brand and go to other countries and help add their name to whatever nonprofit or cause that's out there. I see that. I mean, really, that's more the part. I've seen the pageant evolve. And they're not looking for the pretty face anymore. They're the great body. They're looking for somebody who could eloquently speak and be articulate in supporting the different causes around the world. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not a perfect system, but... There's a lot of positive that we should highlight and focus on, like doing something for the community. So who's your favorite beauty queen? I have to say Pia Wurzbach. Miss, she is my favorite. 
just because of the work that she was able to do and she's still being relevant. I mean, you see her on like Instagram, she's always doing something. She's one that I think doesn't sleep because whether it's endorsement deals or like doing her podcast or doing like something for the community, she's one of my favorites. I do feel like Catriona was a little underused and they could have used a lot more. I definitely agree with you with Bia. She's probably my favorite too because I remember when she won, she just had that effect an impact on me. And just the way she carried herself, it just made me feel so proud as well and confident for some reason. So it would be great to see her on the so-called Filipino stage at some point. So I would love that. You know who has the contact is Mama Hyde. So Mama Hyde, I need to talk to you and get to the beauty queens. <laughs> you did feature, I thought I saw something with Rabia. Didn't you make a cake for her, didn't you? I did. They had invited me to come to that dinner, but unfortunately I could not make it. But I said I could provide a dessert. So I gave her my hollow, hollow cheesecake. And Golda, who attended the dinner, was kind enough to get a video of her like giving me a shout out. I was like, ah, that was so cool. I posted that and everyone's like, congratulations. I was like, congratulations. What? She just like got the cheesecake. So it was, it was fun to see that video. And I don't know if she ate it or not. <laughs> But it's good to be recognized and, you know, the shout out for sure. So along the same lines of collaboration and partnership. So do you have any, I guess, dream collaborators who you want to partner with, either from a so-called Filipino perspective or with your TikTok, for instance, as well? For sure. I mean, I would love to have Jokoi on. Um, or even just say something that I would be dead. <laughs> we are close to it though. You know, they are filming, they're filming Easter Sunday in Canada. And, you know, I had Joey, Joey Gila on Clubhouse once and we're in contact. So hopefully. You're now two degrees separated. So instead of six. Yeah. Well, more like one because I could just go through Joey and then like Joey could just get to, get to Joey. I mean, you mentioned Pia Wurzbach. That would be amazing. Or even Catriona. Those two, I would love to have them on. Who else is there? What about JR? So how did that start? You know, he's actually good friends with my co-founder, John Eric. They went to high school together. I don't know if anybody knows that. He actually grew up in Southern California. And he went to St. Genevieve. And I won't do this story justice, but the gist of it is they were friends in high school. And John Eric was just sitting down and some random person came up and kicked him. And JR stood up for him and said, hey, what's up? What's going on? Why did you do that? So then they've been friends. That's how we're connected to JR. So yeah, no, that was a cool story. It's good to hear that he like stands up for people who normally wouldn't. Not to say that John Eric is not strong. He's a strong person. So John, sorry if I said that you were weak. (laughs) But that's good to hear about those things that people don't often hear about, right? So that's good. So I think it's so fun to talk to you, Jason, just with everything that you're doing with Soko Filipinos on Clubhouse, connecting communities and the different events that you're hosting to uplift the Filipino stories and voices. It's so amazing. It's so great to see what you've been up to. And so I think I will ask you the final question before we close it out. I do want to thank you for your time and for your graciousness and for your energy and for your optimism. And really, it's so cool. It's so cool, Jason. So yeah, so to go back to our topic, gay pride and prejudice, which is our theme for the series, what does gay pride mean to you? Well, I think gay pride, to me, it means visibility, that we're out there showing ourselves acceptance 
between the world because I know there are certain areas of the world where it's still not safe to be gay or to be LGBTQ. So um, visibility is a big thing. Acceptance is a big thing. And just accepting who you are, really. That's what ultimately what gay pride is. All right. I think I'm going to have to drop my mic now and just give you the crown. So <laughs> thank you so much. But that was beautiful. A great way to end our conversation about visibility and accepting who you are. That's really the messages we wanted to advocate for to celebrate Gay Pride, not just this month, but to your point earlier, every month. So with that, I do want to thank Jason for your time, for the wonderful stories, for being so positive in your infectious smile. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have met you. So wish you all the best. So thank you, everybody, for listening as well. 